You're listening to Tracks FM's podcast. If you've enjoyed our content, more podcasts are available on the RTM Click app and website. Let us know what you think. Please email us at tracksfm.rtm at gmail.com. Like and follow us on social media at Tracks FM Official. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Tracks FM fans of all ages. This is Anil on the mic, as always, back on air with you in the second hour of the show. And as usual, this is uh, Health on Tracks, where we bring uh, some very formidable guests, experts in their various fields, to speak to us on matters concerning our health. And today we're going to talk about uh, something that has been in our thoughts, our conversations. It's out in the media. It's been spoken about always, all the time. Uh, it's tangible and intangible, I guess. It's about cancer. We're talking about cancer awareness, HPV, human papillomavirus. And uh, I once again welcome all of you to this discussion on cancer awareness. And today we are joined by a distinguished doctor, a professor, who will be shedding light on the importance of understanding um, and advocating about the awareness on this disease. And to help us with that, I have Professor Dr. Murlidharan Munisami. He's the director at the National Cancer Society of Malaysia. Professor, good morning. Welcome Good to morning. Thank you so much for having us on. Pleasure's ours. And uh, he's also flanked by Sandhya Devi, who is the head of commercial at the National Cancer Society of Malaysia. Sandhya, good morning. Very good morning. Welcome to Health on Thank Tracks. Thank you. Uh, so before we start off this conversation, maybe we can... Uh, give our listeners uh, just a very brief introduction about yourselves. Professor, maybe you can start. Sure. Mm. So I am a physician by training right. and I've been working with the National Cancer Society of Malaysia since 2018. Mm. Okay. So the society a little bit about it, I suppose. Mm. So it's about 60 years old. Right. It's a uh, society works all across Malaysia, mm. different states. We do a whole lot of work, including community screening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have halfway homes for people with cancer and their and their families to stay when they when they get treatment in hospitals. Uh, we do psychosocial support, which is sending counselors, psychologists into hospitals and in, into your homes when when you need them. We do uh, aid for uh, drugs. Uh, subsidized purchase of cancer drugs. Mm. Uh, so, and of course, a whole lot of cancer education and awareness with the community. Right. Great job. And Sandhya, yourself? Right. So I'm from the business development side. Mm. Uh, we've been working with NCSM for a couple of years now. Mm. Uh, I'm an awareness and community volunteer for NCSM. I work closely with the corporate sectors to transform how corporates look at contributing to the NGOs. Right. Okay. So that's more on a CSR perspective. Right. Okay. So yeah, Doctor, I think uh, it's best to start this conversation with you. We always hear the word cancer. Uh, f- both from a health perspective and also a psychological perspective. We sometimes even refer to toxic people as cancerous. Uh, but we're here to talk about uh, the health concern. Absolutely. So tell us, what really is a cancer doctor? So um, actually, a, a cancer is pretty much an abnormal growth. Mm. Anyone, at any point in time, any one of us, including you and me, this is the bad news, mm. have some kind of rogue cells running in our body, right. about three or four. So usually mm. our kind of our immune system will kick in kind of destroy these cells. Mm. Sometimes they miss it. Sometimes our immune system is a bit weak. Sometimes these cells run a little rogue. So it's just one cell growing wild in the mm. body and, th- and that's basically what cancer is. So what causes this one cell to go rogue? So a lot, a lot of reasons mm. and we're slowly starting to track this down. Some things are non, I would say non-modifiable. Mm. For example, your genetic risk or even certain types of cancers that you're predisposed to because you're of a certain gender, like okay. males get prostate cancer, females right. don't, that right. kind of idea. Mm. But also we're seeing a lot of 
chemical or carcinogen exposure. Mm. So people being exposed to chemicals over a long period of time, and generally that kind of causes your body to have these mutations, this mm. one cell deciding, waking up one day and deciding to go wild. Right. You know, you mentioned carcinogen. That's something I often hear from my mother because, you know, when I eat satay, there are some parts in the satay meat that's a bit burnt. And she always reminds me, don't eat that, Anil. That's carcinogenic. You don't eat that. (laughs) That's absolutely right. Far be it for me from trashing one of my favorite foods and our Malaysian cultural iconic dish. But yes, yes. So the burnt bits, the charred, really charred bits of satay, not so good. So, so Dr. Mm, let our listeners know if cancer can be cured. Is there, is there definite treatment for this disease? So the, the, I, I bring good news. Thank uh, you. Right. So, so we've, we've caught actually about 100 known different cancers. Uh, so, and most of them are rare. You've got about 10 different cancers that are very common. Among these, among women, mm. breast cancer is very common. We always hear about breast cancer. Yes. And another very common cancer is cervical cancer. It's the mm. third most common cancer among women in Malaysia. Wow. Now, cervical cancer, interestingly, is not really ca- caused by a carcinogen. It's actually caused by a virus, largely. Right. And we come back to what you were talking about earlier, which is the HPV, the human papilloma virus. So you basically get this viral infection, like you get COVID or you get the flu, influenza, mm. all these dengue, all these different kind of infections. They harm different parts of the body. The HPV virus sits quietly, mm. incubates, and starts to push your cells to transform. So they cause the mutation that becomes cervical cancer. Okay, okay. Is is this hereditary, doctor? I mean, no. So it's really an infection. Ah. So it's a viral infection that you can get, but most importantly, now Mm. you can vaccinate against. Ah. So that's the good news that I'm here to talk about this morning. HPV vaccination Mm. prevents entirely cervical cancer. Okay. So cervical cancer is about 97% caused by HPV. Mm. And uh, by vaccinating against this, Mm. a a girl is entirely for their entire life. Free of the risk of picking up cervical cancer. Wow. Sandhya, you have anything to add on that? Well, um, I think precisely yeah. as what Dr. has mentioned, mm. cervical cancer affects women and as a result, the whole family is affected. So yeah. children, they are also affected. Mm. So I see this as a very uh, powerful women empowerment component. Mm. So statistically, it shows 90, if, um, I mean, statistically 97%. If they are vaccinated, mm. uh, we can prevent this uh, wow. cancer. Yeah, okay. so it's very important to bring this to the awareness of the public and to get screened mm. thereafter to get vaccinated. Okay, okay. So Let's you talked about a cure, sir. Sure. This is pretty much as close as we can get it's to not having you ever get this cancer in your lifetime. So it's a medical breakthrough then? Uh, yeah, and not, uh, it's, it's been broken through for Tip. quite a while. Oh, okay, right, <laughs> but right. But now it's coming out of the limelight mm, now. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I, I, we were having a chat earlier. So sure. there was another concern I raised. Um, I asked doctor, so what if someone is already having a HPV mm. um, virus and how would this affect if they are vaccinated thereafter, is there mm. going to be any issues or are we going to prevent thereafter? 
Okay, so, right. Maybe. Okay. You can hold that thought. We're going to jump in for a quick break. When sure. we come back, we'll resume with the discussion. For those of you who just joined us, welcome to Health on Tracks. Today on the show, I'm speaking to Professor Dr. Murli Daran Munisami, Director at the National Cancer Society of Malaysia, as well as Sandhya Devi. She's the Head of Commercial at the National Cancer Society of Malaysia. And today we're talking about cancer awareness. Keep it right here. Health on Tracks will be right back. It is Health on Tracks indeed. For those of you who've been with us right from the beginning of the discussion, welcome back. For those of you who just tuned in, welcome. This is Health on Tracks with me, Anil, on the mic. And today I'm speaking to two uh, lovely people. One of them is Professor Dr. Murli Daran Munisami, Director at the National Cancer Society of Malaysia, as well as Sandhya Devi, the Head of Commercial at the National Cancer Society of Malaysia. And today we're talking about cancer awareness. Welcome back, Dr. Sandhya to the discussion. Now, doctor, when does someone need to get tested for cancer? So, um, and within the context of today's discussion, we're talking about cervical cancer. Mm. And so generally you're looking at about the ages 35 and above. Okay. So with a family history, we all often talk about people 40 and above as well. Mm-hmm. So with a lot more people having a family history, it's not so bad uh, an idea to start even earlier mm. in, your, in your 30s. 30s, I think, right. Yep. Um, getting getting a good baseline uh, mm. check of okay. of uh, cervical cancer, for example, mm. and there's there's usually two big ways to get around doing it. One is to get a Pap smear. Mm. Uh, that's a bit uh, old fashioned. Okay, the, the doctor goes in and takes a sample. Mm. But nowadays we've moved more to doing HPV DNA, which is an interesting wow. test where patients can actually do self sampling, mm. and uh, they they then send off they they take their own sample and they right. kind of. Send that off, and then that tells you whether you have, have HPV. Okay. So it's a really good test because mm. you go back, you're going back a bit earlier. Okay. So with a pap smear, you see whether you have abnormal cells or not. I but see. with HPV, hmm. you actually pick up whether you have a HPV infection, hmm. and from there you can already start treatment long before any chance of you, you know, kind of picking up uh, cervical cancer itself. Okay. Now, just to segue a little bit, Doctor, we're speaking about cervical cancer. Um, just thinking about men as well, uh, they might have the same question about prostate cancer. Uh, how common it is and how can men, how soon can they go get tested? Okay, so, mm. but prostate cancer is a bit interesting. It's mm. kind of a, an, uh, a cancer for older men. So right. we're looking at your 50s. Nowadays, uh, a little bit in your late 40s, people can start screening for it. But generally, most guidelines are talking about men above 50. So it's mm. an... It's a cancer of the older men. Mm. For younger men in their teens, uh, 20s, we're looking at testicular cancer. Okay. Same region, but not the same organ. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I like the way you put it, Doctor. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that huh. hits yeah, men that's much younger. Right. And, and that is actually something that you can examine yourself okay. after, after a shower every month. Any, any lifestyle habits that contribute to that? Uh, so this testicular cancer. Oh, um, um, again, it's a it's a quite a rare cancer. Mm. So quite a bit pertaining to, uh, I would say again, carcinogen exposure. The, pro- the problem is we got a lot of carcinogen exposure all around. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you very much for entertaining my segue, doctor. Absolutely. Now, <laughs> now, back to uh, our discussion. So now, this is the question that comes when someone is at the crossroads. Now they've got themselves tested, and now they find out that they're they have suffering from cancer. Absolutely. What do they do? So mm. generally, um, a lot of people get worried because a lot of our screening tests actually show that you have an abnormality. It doesn't really show you have cancer. Mm. right? In order to confirm you have cancer, you have to get a diagnostic test. Okay. Basically something called a biopsy. 
biopsy. However way they, they get around to taking it, they can use a needle, sometimes they use an ultrasound, sometimes they use a surgical procedure, and then mm. they have to get to that tissue, take it out and look at it under a microscope. So it's, it's, it's literally just scraping a piece of your flesh out Absolutely. to perform a test. Absolutely. Not and painful, right, doctor? Uh, not painful at all. Okay. We do it under anesthesia nowadays. Okay. In, in most cases, mm. sometimes it's just done very simply, very quickly, mm. okay. in about five or ten minutes. Okay. Our challenge is getting people to get to a biopsy. Mm. So that, that's the challenge. And after a biopsy, starting treatment. So a lot of people are scared, they're a little concerned. So some people, even with an abnormal test, will suffer in silence for years, just dying of the worry, mm. thinking that they may have cancer. But that sometimes is just not true. Yes. Because yes. just with an abnormal test, it doesn't mean that you have a cancer. Cancer. And of course, when people do have an abnormal test and it does turn out to be cancer, the longer you delay treatment, the worse it becomes. Mm. Because in cancer, really, time is life. Time is life. Yep. And see, now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of something that I typically ask most of our guests in health, on Health on Tracks. When you talk about matters concerning healthcare, um, of course, it's the best thing to do is to go and get opinions and advice from a trained medical professional, doctors in this case. But then there are alternative medicines out there, alternative uh, medication out there, which oftentimes can be classified as a fallacy. Sometimes people believe that, oh, that this works and that works and there's this research that says this and people come up with some new coffee or a tea yeah. that's supposed to have some magical uh, you know, compounds in it that can cure. What are some of the fallacies you want to debunk right now on the show, Doc? Okay. Hmm. So when we're talking about this term alternative, right, I yes. hate the word uh, alternative. Yes. Generally, we, we tend to use the term complementary. Complementary. Going along with. Okay. So... Generally, if someone is going to t propose a treatment to you that says, starts off saying, uh, look, you're not supposed to take conventional treatment, it's mm. uh, something fishy. Mm. So usually most tra treatment, now, like for example, there's excellent traditional medicine. Mm. Some of my colleagues in, in uh, the government in Putrajaya, a few mm. other centers, UCSI and all that, for example, they do a lot of traditional medicine, which complements cancer treatment. Mm. So it helps to treat the symptoms and all that. Then, of course, there's the... Uh, unknown fake news chaps of the world yeah. who will be selling products. Mm. Now, so the first fallacy that I was telling you, if people generally tend to tell you that, oh, you cannot take anything except my treatment, add in, that's quite dodgy. Okay. Okay. The right. first. And the second is, mm. and which is the case with most, most of these things, mm. they actually cost in the hundreds of thousands of ringgit. Of course. And if... Con Con uh, how to say conventional treatment mm. is is expensive. Mm. Complementary treatment is, is nowhere as expensive. Mm. It's small, minute doses mm. of treatment or therapeutics. Therapeutic. That is just to support mm. kind of your conventional treatment. So mm. it's cheap. Okay. The moment someone pedals something which is a couple of hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> fifty thousand, <laughs> these abnormal sums yeah. relate to abnormal uh, outcomes. outcomes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And and the third one, while well, well, on the topic, I think sure. is on uh, the fact that if you're going to take nutritional supplements, mm. because a lot of them will propose to you things out of this world. Uh, uh, moss that grows on on the on yeah. the far side of the moon. Far side of the moon, you know, or you know something, right, like a flower that has been yeah. taken from Mount Everest that Absolutely. only blooms once in ten yeah. years yeah. or something. <laughs> Absolutely. So, good nutrition yeah. and uh, and supplementation, nutritional supplementation, hmm. is available on the shelves. Okay. If not 
from every single plant, animal, vegetable mm. that you see around you. Okay. So if there is, again, this push to, you need to take this abnormal product, which only comes from the dark side of the moon twice <laughs> a year, it's, it, it's, it's coming from Dodge Hill. Okay, okay. Sandhya, I want to get uh, your thoughts. Now, um, what is the level of understanding in terms of awareness that is out there among Malaysians when it comes to cancer? Right. <clears throat> so this has been uh, many years of effort, right, mm. for us to bring to the public the awareness of cancer, right. um, screening, vaccination mm. and all this. So it's an ongoing effort. Mm. However, like what doc doctor has mentioned earlier, um, it's the mindset. Some mm. will get like a mental block, right? Yeah. So what if it's positive? So awareness-wise, it is there. Mm. Uh, we are in this century right now. People know about cancer, mm. the, the effects, yeah. uh, you know, all of this. But are they ready to get out, mm. to get tested, and thereafter the treatment? Mm. So NGOs, um, we are doing our best yeah. to, to create this public awareness mm. uh, in various ways. Yeah. Mm. So, um, but again, it's mm. the individual. Individual. Yeah? yeah. So I think talks like this. Yeah. It probably it, yeah. it will help, yeah. And I think uh, apart from getting medical help, psychological help as well, Definitely. because the, the way patients deal with, you know, receiving such news, mm -hmm. it varies from person to person. Professor, your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. And mm. rather than suffer in silence or worse, listen to sometimes well-meaning, well-intentioned people with absolutely no idea what's going on. Mm. I urge you all, mm. pick up the phone, call one of us, Mm. Uh, we have a toll-free line at 1-800-881-1000. 1-800-881-1000. Okay. Yep. Uh -huh. oh, I can do that quickly now. 1-800-881-1000. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, we offer psychologists, counselors, even peer support uh, personnel mm -hmm. who are people who have gone through cancer themselves. Ah. Let them speak to you. It's entirely free. Mm. And uh, you can do it face-to-face. -face. We can do it virtually if you're somewhere else outside KL. Mm. Let them give you an honest opinion, a scientifically valid opinion, mm. and, and that'll help you a far away than listening to everybody else's Absolutely. chicken soup stories. Absolutely. That's one thing I always, when I want to talk about something concerning health or, you know, this one gives you health benefits or that, at the end of my talk set, I always put a caveat. I am no doctor. If you have your local physician, go visit him and get, a, get an opinion. Yeah. Right. We'll jump in for another quick break when we come back. I have to say I'm having a great time having this conversation with you and I'm sure our listeners are having a great time too. We'll jump in for a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back, Health on Tracks resumes. Keep it right here on Tracks. XFM. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Health on Tracks with me, Anil, on the mic. Today, Anil is not alone. Anil is speaking to two very lovely people. First, I have on my left Professor Dr. Murli Daran Munisami. He's the director at the National Cancer Society of Malaysia. Professor, welcome back. Thank and uh, on my right, I have Sandhya Devi. She's the head of commercial at the National Cancer Society of Malaysia. Sandhya, welcome back Thank to you. Health on Tracks. Now, yeah, one very important thing that I want our listeners to know that on this discussion, we, we really aim to empower and we want to inform our listeners because we want to foster this awareness on this very pervasive disease called cancer, right? And I believe that the both of you are here also to share some insights on an upcoming project or rather ongoing project. Prof, maybe you can start off? Absolutely. So mm. um, I'm, I'm coming back to what we spoke about this, this morning, the, the chance to actually give a good end outcome to people who may never be 
so that they were they are never at risk for cancer. So working with Japanese government, a big manufacturer, mm-hmm. uh, some other uh, corporates, we managed to get a donation of three hundred thousand doses mm. of HPV vaccine. Wow! Into Malaysia, mm. and what we're doing it with it is, or we're running this program called Leaving No One Behind. Mm. We're working through every state, every district, wow. every small community to vaccinate underprivileged uh, households single mothers, uh, kids who have chronically been ill and not at school, mm. uh, people from Orang Asli and Orang Asal backgrounds. Mm. So we have, we have teams all throughout the country going out and, and getting this done. Right. So f- my, my first kind of call to action and, mm. and ask for assistance from our listeners is, sure. hey guys, if, if you have a small community uh, uh, which loves would like to participate onto this project, you know people that you work with, mm. um, groups that you support, underprivileged uh, communities. Get on to us. Uh, uh, just just drop us a note. There's there's a website running at hpv dot cancer dot org dot my. Hpv dot cancer dot org dot my. You can see the progress of the campaign as well. Wow. And and uh, what we're doing, like for example, uh, just last week. We were all throughout Pera mm. vaccinating in uh, homes of, of uh, special needs children. These are children who've never been to school, wow. but they have a risk of getting cervical cancer as well. Right. So we're vaccinating them to make sure that they don't have this additional kind of burden to deal with. Mm. So that, that's how micro we're going onto the ground. Great. Uh, all across Malaysia. Sandhya, any thoughts? Well, um, uh. I think uh, to support this program, this was launched at Parliament last year in November, yeah? Okay. So um, to support, we, we NCSM, um, we have many initiatives going on, like programs. Mm. So NCSM is a 100% not-for-profit organization okay. <clears throat> with no government funding, yeah? Mm. So raising funds, this has been the most challenging, mm. right? So no doubt we receive good support from the corporates, but the true need for cancer treatment mm. and the big aim NCSM have, uh, which is to leave no one behind, yeah. we definitely need a lot more than what we are receiving now. So it was on the, tra- it was on the traditional approach in the past years, um, but now with the ESG sustainability yeah. in health component, it mm. caught the attention of corporates. So doing good, uh, you know, is something... Yeah. Um, that's happening right now. Yeah. Right. Corporates so, now. Corporates always every year they have something <laughs> called a sustainability report because they want to show right. investors how how much they care about society and community. Okay. And I think I like what you mentioned, Doctor, is that um, you know there are people out there who may have access to the communities that we, you and I, don't have access to, who don't mm-hmm. have access to the information that we have access to, and these are the people that we need to be reaching out to. Absolutely. Hence, you know, leaving no one behind, leaving no stones unturned. Now, for the benefit of our listeners who are eager to contribute or to play their part in helping National Cancer Society Malaysia, Sandhya, perhaps you can share uh, how they can, you know, maybe send a donation or things like that. Right. So um, how public can be in touch with us, yeah. as, uh, as Dr. mentioned, there's mm. a f- uh, toll-free uh, hotline, yeah. which is one 800 Double eight one thousand, mm. or they can go to the website mm. cancer.org.my. For corporates, um, they can get in touch with me okay. through email, mm. which is santhia s a n t h i a at cancer.org.my. Okay, right. right. Um, but uh, they can tap on to all those uh, initiatives that we are we are doing. NCSM is um, having throughout mm. this year. Mm. HPV is the main target. So one of it is. Uh, 
a golf tournament. So yeah. this is for the corporates. It's called GSM Cup okay. Golf Tournament, which is happening this coming Friday on okay. the 8th at uh, Kota Permai Golf and Country Club. Mm. Um, so we have good, uh, I mean, support from the corporates uh, mm. like Western Digital, uh, Mercy like RHP Insurance, uh, as well as Volkswagen. Okay. So we, we urge, you know, the support from more corporate mm. organizations to, mm. to help NCSM to actualize uh, our, our vision. Vision. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much for sharing your thoughts. And also thank you very much, Doctor and Sandhya, for being with us today on Health on Tracks. Time is of the essence. Absolutely. Uh, we have time to, is life. Yeah. Time is, as, as what you mentioned. So, yeah. Yes, time is life. But before I let you go, I'm going to start off with you, Doctor. Any final words that you'll have for our listeners before I let you off for today's Health on Tracks? Lovely. Thank you so much for having us once again. Mm. Uh, my only message is, as I was saying, most cancers we can't do anything about. We just have to wait and then treat them. Mm. Cervical is something we can do something about. We can stop our girls mm. from ever having to get it in our lifetime. So please help come onto the program. Get people you know onto the program. Bring out communities to get vaccinated. Give us a call. We'll come on site, even on an island, through the floods in Sabah and Sarawak, anywhere. We need to get to you. Help us get to every single Malaysian girl who needs to get this vaccine. And most importantly, support the program so we can help everyone together. Ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley <laughs> low enough for the National Cancer Society of Malaysia, Doctor. Yeah? Absolutely. <laughs> Sandhya, your thoughts? Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Mm. And I think Doctor has said it all. Mm. So do remember, there's a, a toll-free line that yeah. you can reach out to us. And at any point of time, drop us an email or you can reach out for more information in the website. Okay. Thank all you. Right. Thank you very much, Dr. Murli Dara and also Sandhya. Today on Health on Tracks, I just wrapped up a very interesting conversation with our two guests. Uh, first is Professor Dr. Murli Daran Monisami, the director of the National Cancer Society in Malaysia, as well as Sandhya Devi, the head of commercial at the National Cancer Society of Malaysia. And we spoke about cancer awareness and also how you as the public or we can contribute towards developing and also enhancing the great work that they're doing right there. If you missed out on any part of this conversation, worry not. You can always catch the replay on our official Facebook page at Tracks FM, or you can also tune in to our official YouTube channel at Tracks FM Official. Time of the clock right now is 50 minutes past 11 in the morning. In 10 minutes, we'll be crossing over to the RTM Radio News Center for the 12 o'clock news bulletin. And then right after that, yours truly, Anil on the mic, will be back for the third hour of Tracks Momentum. And I tell you, the music does sound better with the two of you. You're listening to Tracks FM's podcast. If you've enjoyed our content, more podcasts are available on the RTM Click app and website. Let us know what you think. Please email us at tracksfm.rtm at gmail.com. Like and follow us on social media at Tracks FM Official.